want to dismiss our children downstairs as well. <laughs> He's safe. <laughs> Guys, are you ready for this one? You're not responding. Are you ready for this one? <laughs> we are only 15 days away from Christmas. Jeepers. Some of you haven't even started Christmas shopping yet, have you? Some of you are behind schedule. We are right now in the middle of Advent. This time of year is full. Am I right? It's full. It's full of activity. It's full of expectation. It's full of joy. Time we get to spend with people we love and just enjoy each other. Sadly, for some, it can also be full of sorrow. And I think it's important for us to just, even if briefly, recognize that together. That for some, this can be, bring back memories and disappointments and certain kinds of anxieties. Right? Whatever the case may be, in your joys and in your sorrows, it's our hope that during this Advent mini-series, three weeks or so, uh, that we will leave each and every one of you full of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. After all, Christmas is all about Jesus. You say, well, duh. Well, really? We can easily lose sight of that, can't we? Our mind is easily distracted away from the real point of this wonderful season that Christ was born and he was born in this world that he came to save us from our sins so let's remember that that Christmas is all about Jesus and so it is our hope that you will come to know him more that you will know who Jesus is Maybe in new ways that you've never considered before. That you would come to know how Jesus relates to us. I don't know what your assumptions are about that reality. We want to give you the truth. Who Jesus is, how He relates to us, and last, how do we respond to Him? That's what we're doing over the next three weeks. We're asking those questions. Who is Jesus? How does He relate to us? And how do we respond to Him? I'm going to invite Brandon Swain. He's going to come forward. He's going to read for us our passage this morning. Let's welcome him. Our passage this morning comes from the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy, uh, chapter 18, verses 15 through 22. This is the word of the Lord. The Lord your God will raise up for for you a prophet like me from among you, from your brothers. It is to him you shall listen, just as you desired of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly, when you said, Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, or see this great fire any more, lest I die. And the Lord said to me, They are right in what what they have spoken. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers, and I will put my words in his mouth. And he shall speak to them all that I command him. And whoever will not listen to my words that he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him. 
But the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name that I have not commanded him, or who, or who speaks in the name of other gods, that same prophet shall die. And you say in your heart, how may we know the word that the Lord has, spoke, has not spoken? When the prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the word does not come to pass or come true, that is the word that the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You need not be afraid of him. This is the word of our Lord. Amen. Friends, let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray even now that every person here be able to listen, to hear, and to be transformed by it. We ask that your spirit would be at work in every heart that is here. Lord, warm us and uh, to your ways and to your, to your son and uh, give us all the nourishment that we need. Be with us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Where do you go when you don't know? That was a good rhyme. Where do you go when you don't know? When you can't predict the future, when you can't control the outcome in your life, where do you go? What or who do you trust in those moments? You say, God, maybe. Because 99,000 times per second, it's Google in the world. <laughs> 99,000 times per second, Google is searched. Where do you go when you do not know? I'll tell you where you go. It's where I go. Google. Right? That's wild. 99,000 times per second. When we don't know something, we Google it. Ancient societies did not have Google. Matter of fact, when I was in high school, which may feel like an ancient society to many of you, <laughs> uh, we did not have Google. I mean, we might have, but it was on like a 486 and it would take like two hours to get an answer, right? Google was not something that ancient societies had the privilege of having. And so when they did not know, they did not go to Google, they went somewhere else. We find ourselves in Deuteronomy 18, and if you look at the previous passage, the Lord, through Moses, is telling the people of God where they are not to go when they don't know, when they can't control the outcome of their life. They're told not to go where the Canaanites go. If you remember where we are in the story, Remember that Israel had been redeemed out of Egypt. They've been now under the leadership of Moses for four decades. And they are on the cusp of entering the promised land. And the Lord through Moses says to his people, do not do what the Canaanite people do. When they don't know. When they can't control or predict the future. Do not do what they do. They go to diviners. They go to fortune tellers. They go to mediums. They seek out knowledge that they do not know in order to control and manipulate what is to come into the future and understand. They go to fortune tellers to understand. They listen to them. 
And as far as the Lord was concerned, that was an abomination to him. So he tells his people, do not go to them. Do not listen to them when you don't know. When you can't control the future. When you try to manipulate the outcome of your way of life, do not go there. Do not listen to the fortune tellers. Don't listen to them. He says, I'll tell you who to listen to. When you don't know, when you're not sure, when you don't know me, when you don't know my will, when you don't seem to feel like you have any peace or understanding about reference to the future, don't go there. I'll tell you where to go. I'll tell you who to listen to. And then he promises them what he's going to do. He says, I will raise up for you a prophet. God promises his people a prophet. It's his desire and it's his will that the word of the Lord be heard by his people. It's his desire for his people to know him. Just pause there for a second. If you, if you don't know God, you're trying, if, you're, if you're still getting to know who he is, maybe you've come here a couple weeks, maybe a couple months, maybe for years, and you still aren't sure the kind of God that we worship, the kind of God that we treasure, the God of the Bible, in this moment, you're getting a picture of the kind of God in the Bible. A God that draws near, draws near to His people to reveal Himself. God wants to be known. I want you to hear that. I was talking with Doreen this morning about what is the amazing truth of this passage to grab a hold of. What's most amazing as we think about What's going on? And what, what like hits home closest for you? And I just said, for me it's this. That in our lack of knowledge and in our ignorance, God draws near to reveal Himself. He wants to be known. Friend, He wants you to know Him. Not just about Him. Don't hear that. This information age. Not information. He wants you to know Him. He wants you to hear His voice. He wants to reveal Himself to you. And that's what we see here. He's going to raise up a prophet because He wants to reveal Himself. He wants to protect His people from the destructive falsehood. From the lies of the world around Him them. What kind of prophet? A prophet for you, verses 15 and 18. It's a prophet the Lord will raise up for you, for the people. He understands that apart from the Lord raising up a prophet, that a need would not be met in their life. You need this. Do you know that you need to hear from God? To know Him? You need to hear from God. This is a prophet for you. 
Not only that, it's a prophet among you, verses 15 and 18. The prophet that would come would be someone from among them, from among their brothers. The prophet would be an Israelite. Prophet for you, a prophet among you. And goes on to say, a prophet like Moses. Verse 15, the Lord will raise up a prophet like me from among you. Moses is talking. A prophet like me. Verse 18, I will raise up for them a prophet like you. God speaking to Moses from among their brothers. The prophet that will be raised up would be a prophet that is just like Moses. In what way? Well, he tells us, verses 16 and 17. He says, Just as you desired of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly, when you said, let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, or see this great fire anymore, lest I die. And the Lord said to me, they are right in what they have spoken. You see, they had heard the voice of the Lord. And they were scared out of their minds to hear the glorious voice of the most holy God left them trembling. And they said, please, don't let me hear His voice again. So they asked to not hear. And the Lord affirms, that's a, that's a good thing. It's a good, they are right in what they have spoken. And Moses became for them a mediator. So the Lord would speak to Moses. The Lord would speak through Moses to His people. As a mediator, an in-between. Moses represented the, the people to God. Moses represented God to the people. He was a mediator. He was an in-between. He received revelation from God, and then he spoke on behalf of God. That's what he says he would do. I will put my words in his mouth. He shall speak to them all that I command him. It's a mediator, this prophet. This is what the prophet would do. He would mediate. He would reveal himself in and through a mediator. Just like Moses. That's the kind of prophet that the Lord would raise up. And then he goes on to say in verse 21 and 22 that, listen, if you're worried about which prophecy is true and which is false, if you're trying to discern which is true, know this, that you'll be able to test that. If a prophet... Uh, speaks in my name, and if it doesn't come true, it's not my word. This prophet has spoken presumptuously. What the Lord says is true. Amen? When the Lord reveals Himself and says He will do something, or says that He is something, it is true 100% of the time. It will not fail. It will hold true. So that is the test. If a prophet speaks in my name and it doesn't come true, that is not me. So please, as you hear, discern what is true. And then last, this prophet is one to whom they must listen. I will raise up this prophet for you, among you, that is like Moses, that you can discern as true, and you must Listen to Him. 
God promises to raise up a prophet through whom He would speak, to whom they must listen. So don't be like the people of the land who seek out fortune tellers. I'll raise up a prophet. You're to listen to him. You're to listen to him. Again, God wants to be known. He's going to speak to his people. He's going to do so through a mediator. He reveal himself. He will show them the way. When they do not know, where, they, where they're not sure, he will speak through this prophet. And Doreen shared one of the most amazing things that we see in this passage and throughout the scriptures is that when God promises to do something, he does it. Amen? He raises up prophets, right? We see, and most would see that this promise is, is really a promise to provide a prophet throughout all their history as a nation, that in many ways, each of the prophets was a fulfillment of this prophecy. And so when you see Samuel and Nathan and Elijah and Elisha and Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel and Daniel and all the minor prophets, all the way to Malachi, you get a sense that yes, the Lord is faithful. He's made a promise and He continues to provide His people with the revelation of who He is and what He commands. He's a faithful God. And all the lying that we hear in society and all the falsehood that we see on the news and we see on X or Twitter or whatever you see and all of that, we're not sure who we can trust. We're not sure who's trustworthy, but we understand that redemptive history shows as the Scriptures record it that God is faithful to His Word. God is faithful to His promise. We can trust in Him. Amen? And we see that the ultimate fulfillment comes for after 400 years of silence between Malachi and the recording of the book of Matthew. God speaks. The birth of Jesus, we see the prophet who has come into the world. Amen? This promise is fulfilled ultimately and uniquely and fully in the person of Jesus Christ. Mark Dever says this, today we know who that promised prophet is. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the one who speaks God's Word perfectly. He is the one sent from God to teach us the way to God. I'm saying it right at the outset here. And then I'm going to provide evidence for you. Friends, Jesus is the promised prophet who speaks God's word to us. That's what Christmas is all about. The celebration of the coming of the prophet. The celebration of God's faithfulness to us. Jesus is this promised prophet who has come into the world, world to speak God's word to us. I want you to see that crystal clear. Who is the prophet? Jesus is. Jesus testified to this in His earthly ministry. John 8. So Jesus said to them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He. 
that I do nothing of my own authority. And here it is. But speak just as the Father has taught me. Jesus speaks just as the Father has taught me. Nothing more, nothing less. Jesus is the prophet. John 15, 15, we've already read it. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I've called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. Do you hear that this morning? Jesus is the prophet. John 17, in his high priestly prayer, right before he goes to the cross, he prays to the Father, and what does he say? For I have given them the words that you gave me. And they have received them. And have come to know in truth that I came from you. And they have believed that you sent me. Jesus is the prophet. Jesus testifies to this himself. We see it in what he says. As he speaks of his ministry and what he's doing. And then you see, after his resurrection, Peter preaching after the healing of the crippled beggar. We see the early church testified to this directly, pointed to this directly, that Jesus was the fulfillment of this promise. He says in chapter 3, verses 17 through 26, I want to encourage you to follow along with me. He says, And now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did also your rulers. But what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets, that His Christ would suffer, He thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and turn back, that your sins may be blotted out, and that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that He may send the Christ appointed for you. What's His name? Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all the things about which God spoke by the mouth of His holy prophets long ago. Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. You shall listen to him in whatever he tells you. And it shall be that every soul who does not listen to that prophet shall be destroyed from the people. And all the prophets who've spoken, from Samuel and those who came after him, also proclaim these days, you are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your fathers, saying to Abraham, and in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Verse 26, God, having raised up his servant, sent him to you first to bless you by turning every one of you from your wickedness. The early church is clear. This is the prophet. Jesus is the promised prophet. Hebrews 1. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the what? By the prophets. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son. His name is Jesus. Why all these verses? Evidence, friends. Evidence. Evidence. Such evidence breeds confidence. And again, we want you to know Jesus. Christmas is all about Jesus. We want you to have confidence in the person of Jesus. We're not making this stuff up. 
It's here. It's recorded. We want you to have confidence in the person of Jesus today. Do you know who He is? Do you understand how He relates to us? He mediates. He reveals. He speaks the Word of God. He represents God to us. He represents us to God. He is our Redeemer by being our Mediator. And as our Mediator, He is our Prophet. He speaks the very Word of God to us. Christmas reminds us again that the wait for the Messiah is over. The wait is over. Our hope for God's prophet to know God, to know His will, the true prophet of God, has been fulfilled in Jesus Christ. So hear that today. Jesus is the promised prophet who speaks God's word to you right here, right now. And the question becomes for every one of us, what do we do? How do we respond? It's very simple, my friend. Listen to Jesus. Are you listening? Listen to Jesus. Right? Christmas is a season of listening. Some of you have been hitting Christmas music for months on end. Right? We listen. Do you hear what I hear? That was free. We listen. Christmas is about listening. And I'm saying we could be listening to all the cute holiday music and not be listening to the Messiah. The very focal point of all that that music points us to. Don't just listen to the music. Listen to the Messiah. Listen to the prophet. Listen to Jesus. Listen to Jesus. Why? That you might be saved from your sins. Friends, I don't know if you know this, but ignorance is at the heart of what happened to us as humanity at the fall. We were left ignorant upon the willful rejection of the truth of God's Word, upon hearing the lies of the serpent in the garden, mankind entered into a state of ignorance. Ignorance of who God is and ignorance of His will. Some have said that sin has a noetic effect on us. It means this, that it has a destructive impact on our minds. Part of our corrupt nature is that we have a corrupt mind we don't know. Humanity is ignorant. In your sin, you have been left ignorant. Romans 1 tells us this. 
right? The display. There's a basic knowledge, but at the same time, in the unrighteousness of their deeds, mankind has suppressed the truth. There's a suppressing of the truth in our lives. There's a moral ignorance that comes with that. Ephesians 4, I think, is the most powerful depiction of this, right? That the sinner lives in the futility of their mind. Paul goes on to say that that, that sinners are darkened in their understanding. There's a darkness that comes with our sinful state. We're walking around in the dark, feeling our way around, trying to understand God, trying to understand the purpose of our existence, of why we're alive. We're, we're, We're guessing at who He is and what He requires. And we come up with our own ideas and our own answers to that. We're darkened in our understanding. He says we're alienated from the life of God because of our ignorance. Due to the hardness of their heart. Understand, friend, that sin has left us hardened in heart. Sin has left us darkened in our understanding. Sin has left us futile in our minds. Sin has left us ignorant. And we need to be saved from that. Ignorance is not bliss, it's darkness. It's darkness. It's the result of sin. And it's at the heart of our fallen condition. And connected to our condemnation. And so the sending of the prophet to reveal. The sending of Jesus Christ to open our eyes and our ears. Is literally a saving work. Jesus' words save sinners from the fall. Jesus' words save us from the sin that we live in. So listen to Jesus, sinner, to be saved from your sins. Faith comes from hearing. We need to hear. Hear what? And hearing through the Word of Christ. You need to hear the Word of Christ. It's good. It saves. It delivers you from ignorance. You need to listen to Jesus because He saves from ignorance. Listen to Jesus that you might know God and obey His will. Upon His resurrection, Jesus gave clear clear instructions to His disciples. He tells them to make disciples. And they're going and they're baptizing, but also in teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. Go teach people what I've commanded. That's exactly what they did. The New Testament records the apostles, the ministry of the apostles, the teaching what Jesus commanded. Expounding upon that. Reinforcing that. Teaching churches and Christians this is what Jesus who He is and what He requires. And all of that is built on the foundation of the Old Testament Scriptures. And so my point is this, in order to listen to Jesus, in order to know God and obey His will, you must be attentive to the Bible. You want application today. 
Listen to Jesus. He's the prophet. How do I listen to Jesus? You turn your attention to His Word. You give yourself over to the meditation and reflection and consideration of the Bible. The Old and New Testament. All of it. Not just some of it. All of it is necessary and sufficient to help you know God. To obey His will. So friends, listen to Jesus by reading the Bible. By meditating on the Bible. Drawing near to God in the Scriptures. And do so together. We're about to hit 2024. Are we, are we at the end of 23? Have our lives gotten a little out of whack? Is our screen time up? And our Devo time down? Is our screen time up? Is our attention on so many other things? And our eyes and our ears are not attentive to hearing Christ in His Word? How do you know who the Lord is? How do you know what He requires of you? How do you know the way in His will? This is something we need every single day of our lives. To deal with challenges at work. Difficulties in our marriage. Parenting. How to deal with teenagers. Lord help. For wisdom and conflict resolution. About how to respond when someone has unfairly criticized you. When they've When gossip is being spread about you. Lord, what do you have me do? How would you you have me respond? I know what I feel like doing. When you're broke. And you can't seem to line up the budget. I'm getting into some specifics of life. Where do you go? Google? The screen? Avoidance to indulging in some kind of abominable sin and pleasure that the world offers you? Where do you go? When you need wisdom, you need to know the will of God, go to the Word. Do not listen to your heart. Man, that is... The sermon we hear in culture. Every silly Netflix show that we watch is like, follow your heart. I've watched people follow their heart for two decades in ministry, and it never works. It never leads them to God, it never leads them to obedience, it never leads them to blessing. The Bible does. Read the Bible. Read it with others. Ask your elders. Ask your leaders. Ask your parents who are Christians. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. Ask uh, uh, Christian counselors around you. What is the Lord's will? Seek wisdom out in the Scriptures. Don't follow your heart. Don't follow your feelings. They are false prophets that will lead you astray. 
Listen to Jesus in His Word. Read together 2024 is about to come out. Grab one. Use it. Read it. It will be a blessing to you. Listen to Jesus in His Word. And last, listen to Jesus that you might obey Him. Communication experts say, according to Google, communication experts say, true listening will involve awareness, attention, and the last, adjustment. Yeah. Get you every time. True listening in the Bible is obedience, friend. Let me say it differently. If you're not obeying the word of Jesus, you're not listening to Jesus. And we can make excuses all day long. We can even play the victim card of why we don't have to obey Jesus. You don't know how hard it is, Mike. If you're not listening to Jesus, if you're not obeying Jesus, you're not listening to Jesus. And you're on a pathway to destruction. Friends, listen to Jesus that you might obey him. True listening will involve adjustment. True listening will call each and every one of us today and every day, as Ethan has reinforced, to repentance. A change, a transformation of our lives in conformity to the will of God. Listening to Jesus means obeying Jesus. So let's all admit it. There's a part of us that just won't. There's a part of us that needs to admit that we can't. I hear His Word. I know it. But I can't. You feel that, sinner, today? Feel so weak, Mike. Weak in my will. I don't want to change. Weak in my will. I can't. I feel stuck. That's the wonderful news of the Gospel. Is that Jesus knows. God knows your weakness. Isn't that Christmas? God providing for us a gracious gift because we, He knows our lack. He knows our need. Whatever God calls us to as we embrace Christ by faith, He will empower us to do by the power and indwelling presence of His Holy Spirit. Some of you today are at a crossroads in some area of your life. Will I obey? And Maybe just the simple next step is for you to get on your knees before the living God. To cry out to your Father. And say, Lord, help. I hear you. But I can't obey you. Renew my affections, Lord. Change my desires. Give me the ability, Lord, to listen to Jesus. 
Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Right? Jesus promised His Spirit to His followers. So go to the Father and ask Him for strength. He will amply provide. He will never give you a stone when you ask Him for bread. Do you believe that today? I don't know what specific area of your life needs adjustment. But I assume that everyone in this room needs to repent. To listen to Jesus. To understand the nature of true listening. Obedience. And needs the power from on high to do it. Live by the Spirit. And you'll not carry out the desires of the flesh. Amen? Friend, listen to Jesus. Listen to Jesus. For the salvation of your sins. To know and obey God. Listen to Jesus. With the will and the intention to obey Him. Who is Jesus? How does He relate to us? And what is our response to Him? Why don't we let Charles Spurgeon end this message and answer this question. He says, Hear the voice of God by this greatest of all prophets. Trifle not with a single word which Jesus speaks, for it is the word of the Eternal One. Despise not one single deed which He did, or precept which He commanded, or blessing which He brought. For upon all these there is the stamp of deity. Amen? This Christmas, know Jesus as God's prophet. Listen to Him. Trust Him. And obey Him. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Father, You saw our need. Need to know. You saw our sin. Need to be set free. And You sent Your Son, Jesus Christ, the prophet, the mediator, our Redeemer, to save us, to reveal Yourself to us. I pray that everyone here would know Christ, would embrace Christ, would trust Christ, as your prophet that you have raised up. And I pray that everyone by the power of the Spirit will be able to turn from their sin, to listen to what Christ commands, and to obey Him with joy. Lord, strengthen those who are here today and enable them to walk in repentance. Bless them, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen.